Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You listened to like Montgomery yesterday and talk about, you know, all those lessons learned and we already covered, you know, some of them. But we also talked about this, like in the context of the the president's trophy curse, it's like some of those other teams that they passed um, in terms of points and wins, the 95, 96 wings and the 18, 19 lightning, you know, that wings team loses to Colorado in the conference finals, but clearly learned from that and won the next two Stanley cups lightning got swept by Columbus in the first round but clearly learned and grew from that and won the next two Stanley Cups. Unfortunately for the Bruins, like they can't keep together the bulk of this group. So they had to learn now, like they had to already know because they might not, you know, look, maybe they find a way to keep enough of this together that we go into next season and say, all right, they're not going to be the cup favorite, but Hey, if things come together, like this can be a pretty damn good team. And, Maybe the guys who who were here through this learn enough, including Montgomery himself. Um, but you know they don't have like you just you don't feel like they're at the start of of something like with this core the way that you might have with that Wings team in the '90s or that Lightning team. And you know, the, I mean, those teams did have like multiple failures on their resume. I was just like the lightning blew a three, two lead to, to Washington the year before and got bounced that wings team two like two years earlier got upset by the, the San Jose sharks on their first ever playoff appearance. And like one of the biggest upsets in NHL history. So, you know, with the Bruins though, it's like you should have learned so many of these lessons in 2019 about, you know, taking advantage of the moment and like understanding how hard it is to like have a serious chance at winning a Stanley cup. And so many guys from the 2019 team are still here. So it's like, they knew like they've learned that lesson. It's not like this was the first time for, yeah, for some of these guys, you know, maybe the like Tyler Bertuzzi. Okay. Yeah. His first time, but he was one of your best players. So, you know, I don't think it really, yeah, he had a couple turnovers, but like, I don't think it, was really affecting him all that much. It's just for this core, you know, unfortunately for the older guys, like might be their last chance, depending on what Bergeron and Krejci decide to do. But Mm -hmm. for that next core for your Pasternak's and McAvoy's like, and even, you know, Lindholm locked up for long-term it's like, you better hope these guys are able to learn and grow from it. And find something that they're able to latch onto and, and be better prepared, you know, next time they're in this situation because it might be a couple of years before they really have another serious chance. You know, Cam Neely yesterday said like he actually had players apologize in, in exit interviews because, you know, they said like you, you gave us a wagon of a team and we didn't get it done. And, and Neely said, he's like, players know when, they have a real chance to win a cup. And when 
you're just kind of there, but you weren't the better team. And, and Razor has said this at times when, when we've talked about this as well, but like they off, like they knew, they knew they had as good a team as basically as you can put together in the NHL. And, and for whatever reason, like they couldn't get it done. They couldn't step up and, you know, it's, if they were bringing back like just about this entire team, you'd say, okay, you know, maybe they're, Hey, maybe they're, they're even more motivated now to go out next year and, um, you know, prove that like this was a fluke and that they really are a great team, but they just, unfortunately might not even get that opportunity because there might just be too much turnover. Yeah. It's not called the first dance. It's they called it the last dance this season for a reason. There's a lot. It, could potentially be the last chance for for a lot of these guys um and at least even for the guys that are tied up for a few more years that just means it's it's a reset and it's a you know it's a completely different team at that point I it, it was the last dance I mean that was literally the way it was branded this season so well here here's my takeaway is it is it fair to say that there's a difference between a wagon of a roster and a wagon of a team because there's no doubt that Don Sweeney did the absolute best job he could do to give this team every chance they could to win a Stanley Cup on paper. The personnel was through the roof. But if you actually look back at this season, and and I know they won 65 games. I know they broke the record in points. Did you watch this Bruins team throughout the course of the season and say, wow, look at look at all the chemistry throughout this team? Or did you see a bunch of really good hockey players that were versatile enough to work with each other? But like, there wasn't a ton of, like going into the playoffs, like, could you sit there and say, and I know some guys were injured, but like one through four, these lines just have so much chemistry. Like there wasn't, there wasn't that much chemistry because they kept changing everything all the time. And and, and like guys, guys would play together for stretches. But I look, I look, my, my memory of this Bruins team is going to be a roster full a dream team of a roster that there were too many, there were too many toys for, for Monty to play with. He just, there just, there was all this talent, but there, there was a little bit of a lack of chemistry. And some of that was because of timing and when guys enter the team and guys are on long time, long term IR and there's reasons for it, but the, the, the roster was so good, but I don't know. The, you brought up the wings team from the nineties and the lightning. Those rosters were, these, these dream team rosters never seemed to, never seem to get it done. And and maybe it's because there's just a lack of uh, lack of role acceptance. Cause you have too many guys that are too capable and different. I don't know. It's hard to really pinpoint, but it just, I, it's tough I, to I, really describe. I think there was chemistry. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think Martian Bergeron DeBrusque was pretty good all year. Then Checkline had real chemistry. Coyle and Frederick and even Hall, like you talk about accepting roles, like Hall on a, third line i you know i think he did and i think but then he went away chemistry, from lines, though you know like then what? he went away from, yeah but, but the he, chemistry was there it's well, just then 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 we're talking about a coaching mistake yeah so this is like what i'm getting at is like grizzly mcavoy chemistry lindholm carlo had a lot of chemistry i think then you add to this team the trade deadline and you have injuries down the stretch and that really throws it into whack and i i think it is absolutely fair to say that by the time the playoffs got here Jim Montgomery didn't know what his best lines and pairings were anymore. And it's really easy in hindsight to like, it it sounds insane to be like, Oh, well maybe they would have been better off just not 
getting Orlov and Bertuzzi. It, like, I, I can't say that with a straight face because I don't believe that. Like, I, I think those are good moves to make. I love the Orlov move. Like, I, I think you needed a little more certainty on the left side of your defense than, you know, Grizzly and Forbert, um, you know, potentially having to play more minutes. Uh, Don Sweeney even referenced this yesterday. Like, I know people think they're just like manipulating the cap or whatever with long-term IR. I had heard this. I believe this. Sweeney said it yesterday. Like when Hall and Felino got hurt just days before the trade deadline, they legitimately did not know if or when those guys would return. Like that was a legitimate question at that time. And that prompts the trade to go get Bertuzzi. So like, I don't, I don't think any of those trades were a mistake. I think they did the right thing. They went all in on a team that deserved to have Don Sweeney go all in. But the side effect of that, that you can say, you know, potentially cost them is there was just too much movement and guys in and out and moving all over down the stretch. And then, you know, Hall does come back and Felino comes back for game one and Forber comes back for game one. Like, they don't even play in the regular season late in the, late in the season. And it didn't necessitate like all this movement where I just don't think they ever were able to settle on something. I think that's part of it. It still doesn't totally excuse them losing. Like they were still in position to close out that series and should have been able to do it if they just played hockey the way they're capable of playing. But it, it's a factor. You know, I think it, it affects players because they're, moving around they can't really get super comfortable with you know certain line mates and i think it affected montgomery because i think he started to overthink things and you know almost make too many changes and get get too cute you know splitting up bergeron and marshans like I, I said at the time like i i understood the thinking behind it but like how how long have Bergeron and Martian been great together? Like you, you're overthinking it. Like that's that's you're getting too in, into your own head. And this was a team that didn't need that. You know, if you if you were the underdog and you needed the master game plan in order to go, you know, upset your opponent. All right, maybe you know, mad genius approach is the way to go. But you were the favorites. Like you were the dominant team all year. You don't, you know you're not the one who should be like overthinking your game plan or trying, you know, trying up new, trying new things just to combat your opponent. Like, no, just stick to guys that worked. Try again. I would have given a hall coil Bertuzzi line more of a look. I still don't I would have done it in the regular why season. That was so like hard for him to wrap his head yeah. around. Like yeah. that was so obvious. And that was a way to solve the problems. That just, I don't understand what was wrong with that line. I mean, we'll never know because we'll probably never see it together because Bertuzzi is probably going to be gone or <laughs> Hall or who knows. But, like, I'm still mad I didn't get to see that line. Like, everybody wanted it. Everybody wanted it. Everybody wanted Martian, Bergeron, DeBrusque, the check line, and then Hall, Bertuzzi, Coyle, and then figure out if everybody everybody knew that was the that was the solution except for a Jim Montgomery apparently and and yes there were a couple of games where a couple of guys were out but talk about overthinking the process and Scott you make a good point you're you're the top dog why why are you game planning and adjusting for for lesser rosters it, well, it's it's annoying 
Well, and, and to some of the other stuff that Scott said too, about like, okay, maybe if you add, don't add Bertuzzi at the deadline and, and like, you know, you have too many forwards that you're trying to work with now. Like the funny thing is obviously those were great moves and what the team needed to do and gave them a better chance of winning for sure. When you lose a game seven and it's in overtime and it's that close so many times for you to win the series, you think about, every one little tiny thing that maybe would have made the outcome be different. And so maybe that's something someone thinks, oh, well, you know what, if they didn't have to switch the lines up, if they didn't try to force um, Bertuzzi into this spot or that spot, or, um, you know, rotate guys around because they needed to find a place for him. um, Yeah. I'm sure you could point to a million things like, oh, maybe if, maybe if this person didn't make this turnover, game you know series is over before you even need a game seven so um it's easy to just like pull the little things because i mean it is a fair question to ask did it make them a better team absolutely they just somehow found a way to um mess with it and and i think we're kind of ignoring something too which would be the injuries to like bergeron and Krejci and how that kind of maybe caused the panic that started the the for Jim Montgomery to feel the need to start rotating guys into different positions, like maybe trying to compensate for a 90% healthy Bergeron and how should we like move him and, and correct for, you know, a 90% Krejci or um, in I the game. That they would have loved if either of those guys was at 90%. Yeah. I don't think they were. Yeah. But, but, but the other, sorry, Bridget, were you finishing your thought? No, I'm good. The, the only thing about that is, and it's true, Scott, but it's just, and I know nobody here is saying it, but I I go into a playoff run watching these teams, and I assume that nobody on any team is 100%. So it's just like, I know it's different for them because they're older and it's it's, it's a little bit probably di- their 90%, their 80% is not a younger person's 80% because it's just the wear and tear of the body. But yeah, it's just frustrating. I, I Which I wanted- is, once again, another coaching decision that a tough coaching decision that you don't want to make, but you might've had to. Well, so I have, I have a prompt for you guys, but I'm going to put that on the back burner for a little bit later in the episode, but because you just brought up the coaching, the coaching again, Bridget, and I want to throw this to you guys. I, I found it very, I found it very interesting, uh, pretty damning as a matter of fact, during the press conferences when, when Charlie Jacobs was asked about, just if he wants change this, that, the other thing. And I think it was Kevin Paul DuPont who asked him and, and Charlie Jacobs was talking about how he basically said how management, he has no desire to change, to make a management change and that the roster that was put together gave them the best chance to win, but he didn't mention the coaching. And when, when you're at a podium with Neely and Sweeney and and Jim Montgomery, it just kind of seemed like a very, very loud silence that, that Charlie Jacobs was not too pleased with some of the coaching decisions in that series slash the players. I think he put a lot of onus. Like sometimes you'll hear uh, the, the owners say like, you know, every, he, you know, coaching did well. Every They kind of put on the players, but I kind of felt like he was also putting, he wasn't letting, he wasn't letting Jim Montgomery off the hook at that press conference. And concerning the fact that Jim Montgomery was feet from him, I found that to be pretty telling because the Bruins ownership usually kind of, plays the straight and narrow road. They don't usually go and damn somebody in front of him. And he didn't call him up by name, but did you get that sense too? 
So I actually didn't read much into this. Certainly not as much as a lot of other people are. Um, be, for t- for a couple of reasons. One, it, he was specific, he was specifically asked about management, and two, management is what he controls. That's who Charlie Jacobs is in charge of. You know, Neely and Sweeney are the ones who answer to him. Uh, so Charlie Jacobs didn't say it in this press conference, but he has made it clear in the past that the coach and the coaching staff is up to Don Sweeney is up to his general manager. Um, so maybe he could have had he been at, cause he really wasn't asked directly about the coaching staff. Sweeney was and said, you know, he doesn't anticipate any changes right now, but they're still reviewing and he reserves the right to change his mind. Um, but yeah, for, so maybe Charlie Jacobs, like could have reiterated, you know, coaching is, is up to Don or whatever, but I think in general, like he just, he doesn't really weigh in on coaching either way. Um, you know, my personal opinion is he probably doesn't have a great idea of what separates, you know, good and bad coaching. Um, but, you know, I think he does. So, you know, I think he, he gives Sweeney and, and to an extent Neely, like the, the responsibility over coaching. And so I think he's answering more for what is directly under his control, which is team management in the front office. Yeah, I, I, I agree with Scott. I just don't, I, I just like more so than anything. I, I don't think he's qualified to really comment on it on the coaching necessarily. Like he has the guys underneath him that are like his, his experts on what, on what they should do roster wise and coaching wise. So I don't think he, um, although the, the Jacobs, the Jacobs in general over the years have uh, been perfectly okay with firing coaches. It has been a go-to move for them over the decades when things aren't going well. Well, So I think, but but I think, I think that's, that starts with like the GM though, because right. It's like GM comes to them and says, Oh, we, yeah, we have to change the coach. That was the problem. And you know, well, Jer- Jeremy Jacobs back in the day just be like, all right, cool. You know, see ya. Do we all remember what conversation we were having a year ago this week? <laughs> or yeah. not this week, but like was, is is Bruce Cassidy a scapegoat? Like is, we were talking a lot about coaching uh, with a, a different coach and, and what was, and you want to know what we were saying after that Carolina series? It wasn't Bruce Cassidy's fault. And it was lack of inspiration and it was, it wasn't Bruce Cassidy's fault. And yet we're sitting here a year later, different coach. And we are putting, I feel more blame on Montgomery than we put on Cassidy last season um, when they lost that series to Carolina. But at some point, I think we are, because I think the, the different, I think we are because when you have, when you have the season the Bruins had, and you, and you seemingly push all the right buttons and you, you break all these records and then you get to the playoffs and you act like you were an eight seed and you, and you're changing your lines every two seconds. Cause you're afraid of the opponent. That's why people are criticizing. It's like, you got, you got to this point with what you had and then you just, you just changed everything. Cause for what guys, you know? Yeah. And what it, if Bruce Cassidy, what if we're going to these, what ifs, what if Bruce, Bruce Cassidy was the coach of this team this year? They, do they make it through the first round? They make it past the first round. They wouldn't have had this good of a roster. So yeah, they, well, they wouldn't have had this good of a season, but that doesn't necessarily mean they wouldn't have made it a little bit further in the playoffs. No, but I, I think like maybe Krejci doesn't come back. I think DeBrusque maybe keeps his trade request open. Um, 
they still would have had a good team for sure. But like, I I don't like the, and other people have done plenty of this and we, we really haven't. So we might as well do it now, but I don't like the, uh, like they, what if they just kept Cassidy second guessing because Honestly, we were all just... in agree. We were all in agreement, like all season that like, Oh yeah, clearly this group did need a change. Like, you know, yeah, Bruce Cassidy is a great coach. Everyone knows that, but voices get stale and teams need a new one sometimes. And, you know, you can't, you can't say like Jim Montgomery was good for this group all year for six months straight. And then after, you know, two weeks of a bad series, be like, Oh, they screwed it all up. They should have kept Cassidy. What the hell were they doing? Like, you know, like, come on, like, we got to be a little bit fair about this. We all, we all saw that changing coaches seemed to have a pretty good effect on this team and was, was part of why they were so good this year. In my opinion, like I'm not, I'm not going back on that. So no, and it only just popped into my head now and it would have absolutely popped into my head earlier if there was any merit to it whatsoever, but he is a rookie coach and he did make some, well, no, he's not, he's been in the playoffs before he, okay. Who has more playoff experience? Well, Cassie, but I mean, (laughs) it's not like, it's not like this Montgomery's first go around either. No, it's not, but he kind of managed to like, he was it was kind of a job that seemed a little bit too much for him to handle i i don't know this is just all based off of like the whole season we're not going to you know pivot and say oh you know maybe they should have kept cassie because i don't think they should have i think montgomery was the right move but just kind of a thought that pops up when we're thinking about all the like all of the things that changed from last season to this season for them to first of all become this better team and this serious cup contending team um to what fell apart for them um so well and also what i would say what i would say scott to your point about how all year we were saying we we're praising montgomery and and to, to 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 turn our backs and not take after the fact is a little irresponsible i agree with that but to be fair to us and anybody else who would have this discussion, nobody – that was the regular season and nobody anticipated Jim Montgomery turning back into a pumpkin come playoffs and just totally reverting and, and going against everything that got him to that point. He, I never would have expected him to do what he did in the playoffs with all those I, – I, I just – to I mean, the Bergeron-Marchand split alone. Could anybody have ever imagined that, even for a period? But he literally – he changed everything. He he changed you guys. When I was earlier talking about chemistry, I was more so alluding to like the playoff roster, not so much throughout the year because they did have chemistry throughout the year. But when they got when the, when April fifteenth came around and you had this dream team of players that just hadn't really played with each other consistently enough, and we and you guys talked about the Hall Coyle Bertuzzi line never never played together. Uh, he just when it got to the playoffs because they had this new treasure chest of players and he just, there wasn't the chemistry and he kept changing the lines. So yes, he was great for this team in the regular season. He got them to the regular season that they had going forward. He needs to trust his gut more and stick to what got him to where he was. And if he's going to be a playoff coach, who just panics a lot. And hopefully this is a learning experience for him, but if he's their coach going forward and I have no doubts he is, and I want him to be, but he's, he's going to have to learn how to coach in the playoffs a little bit better to Bridget's point about who's more experienced. And yes, 
you learn through experience. That's what experience is, right? So he's gaining that experience as we speak. But yeah, as far as Bruce Cassidy goes, I don't find it mutually exclusive. Bruce Cassidy could win a Stanley Cup for Vegas this year. And I'm not going to sit there and say, well, he would have won a cup with the Bruins this year. It's it's apples and oranges. But I will say that will be a talking point. That's You can bet your ass that's going to be on Boston Radio if, if Vegas wins the cup. And I don't know. Sure, maybe maybe, maybe that – see, it wasn't the coach. It was the players. And to sit here and say it's the players is accurate. Like, this is on the players. Let's – let's we can talk about Montgomery all we want, and it, it does come down to the players. And regardless of what the coach puts out over the boards, like the players, they got to they gotta execute. And um, if Bruce Cassidy wins a cup, I'll be so happy for him because he deserves it. But, yeah, it's definitely a tough game to play. It's just tough to – it's apples to oranges, you know? Yeah, like – Again, when I come back to it, like, I don't think anyone ever questioned whether Bruce Cassidy is a great coach. Like, he clearly is. And Vegas was such a great situation for him to go to because it is a, a talented team, you know, pretty loaded roster, but one that needed to play a lot better defensively. And, like, that's his strength. Like, that's – and he has gotten that out of them. Like, it's it's been a perfect match so far. Let's see how far it goes. Um you know, but even like even just on the ice, like you look at what was one of the things we heard when they moved on from Cassie or, or that we heard after last season. It was they had to find a way to score gr- more greasy goals in the playoffs. They had to get to inside ice more. Well, they did that all year. Like their high danger chances, their goals scored in close were all up. Adding something like Bertuzzi only added to that. And ultimately, offense wasn't the issue in this series. So, like, that part of it worked. Like, they were a better offensive team that scored greasier goals that, you know, worked to score the way you have to score in the playoffs. Now, did they ultimately sacrifice too much defense to do it? I, I still don't really think so. Like, I still I, I still think the system itself was okay. It's just, it's just the terrible breakdowns and mistakes. Like... Yeah, I think they probably sacrificed some defense. They weren't, you know, um, maybe as stout in their own zone as they might have been under Cassidy, but that was by design. Like, that was something they identified. You have to sacrifice some defense if you're going to add offense. Like, if you're going to take more chances offensively, like, that's that's how it works. Like, you, you don't you don't really get to do both. And to whatever extent that you can do both. This team actually did it most of the season. Um, but yeah, like you were probably going to give up a little bit more and all season long, this team had the incredibly great goaltending to make up for that, make up for whatever chances you gave up. And, you know, I know like we haven't really gotten into goaltending this podcast all that much, but it's like, that's obviously another thing that just fell apart. Like you Don Sweeney yesterday called it, uh, I think it was Sweeney. Yeah, it was Sweeney who called it average goaltending. You know, when he was breaking down reasons they w- lost the series, he said goaltending was average. I would say that was being generous. I don't think their goaltending was even average, especially not the last three games, especially not games five and six from Allmark in particular. 